Hello, everybody. We're here in Novel Ideas. It's October 20th, 2017. And we're discussing the book Crescent City by Belva Plain. So let's do as we usually do and go around and see what everybody thought of the book. Well, I really enjoyed this book. I thought it gave a lot of information about the uh, Civil War era and about the people who lived in New Orleans and uh, about the society there. And uh, I thought it a very good book, but then I do enjoy Belva Plains' books. I enjoyed the part where they talked about the Jewish people and uh, how they were, you know, what role they played in society and the various things that happened. I thought it was a very good book. Hi, everyone. This is Liz. And before I talk about the book, I just wanted to say Marsha asked me to say hello to everybody. She read the book but she is out with some friends celebrating her birthday. So she can't join us this evening, but wanted to let you know that she read the book and enjoyed it. Um, I also enjoyed the book. I had never read anything by Belva Plain before. I've read a lot of Civil War era books. Um, I've read, you know, all three of the Gone with the Wind books and then this one and a bunch of others. And... (laughs) It, definitely a good book. Um, it's so sad and so depressing. Um, I felt so bad for Mariam. She just seemed to move from one hardship to the next. And um, but yeah, I, overall, you know, it was it definitely a good book. I read this book years ago, and it had been so long since I read it that I reread it, and because I didn't really remember a lot of it and I really enjoyed it too I well as I said we were talking earlier and I think I've read all of Belva Plain's books I just I love them there's at least one that's not on Bard that I wish they would put on there but yeah I really enjoyed this book it wasn't it's not my favorite of hers but it was very good. I like this book, too, and it kind of caught my attention. When Ferdinand was pulling into his hometown, he's there to get his children, uh, David and Miriam. And uh, so that caught my, my um, mind right away. Then as the book progressed just a little bit, and they were on the boat going to America, and uh, Miriam is there with her little dog, and he falls into the water, and David jumps in and saves him. Saves a little while another boy jumped in and saved David, too. But I thought right then that uh, David was going to be the protagonist for this book. And then I was surprised to find out it was really Miriam's story. Yeah, this is Alan. Uh, I, I enjoyed the book, too. I, I enjoyed the uh the, the Civil War aspects of it, I guess, uh, and the, you know the time period. I, I haven't read a lot set during then. Uh, uh, I, I, I went and did a little bit of research. I was surprised that uh, if Wikipedia told me right, New Orleans fell like early in the war. It, it fell like at the end of April, beginning of May, eighteen sixty-two. So that 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 was very early in the in the war, which I I thought that was interesting. And uh, the other thing I thought was interesting. I'm curious how y'all would pronounce pronounce a name that's spelled E-U-L-A, that's Eula, L-I-E. I would pronounce that Eula Lee, but I swear it sounded like the narrator was saying you Lily, and I, and, uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I, you know, I didn't care for the character anyway, and that was kind of a funny take on her, her name pronunciation, but... Uh, I I enjoyed the book. I I, I thought Miriam was a good character. Uh, uh, it, it was a bit drawn out getting her with Gabriel and stuff, but uh, such, such is the the way these things go sometimes. Uh, and I, I guess she really wasn't with him at the end, but uh, I, I, they were certainly supposed to get together. 
And uh, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I liked it. Um, I didn't realize that um, there were that there was such a big Jewish community in those days in New Orleans or in the area. Um, I think that name, it, she pronounced it Eulalie, and I wondered how it was spelled, and thanks for spelling it, Alan. That should be Eulalie. And she was an awful character. Ooh, really terrible. Um, for the most part, I thought it was a good book. I thought it was, um, I, I don't like war books. I, I don't like fighting and, and hearing about these awful things that happen in war. I really am not a military person, but in order to have stories about wars, you have to have stories about wars, if that makes any sense. But I, um, and I don't, I didn't skip any part of it, um, but the, uh, the fires and the rapes and the pillaging and just, ugh awful but I, I would say for the most part I did enjoy the book I, I've read more Belleville Plain than I thought I did and um, I thought it was well written but my aversion to war stories it kind of you know um, I didn't skip any part of it but I I don't like war it's it's weird because I like serial killers and horror and awful things like that, but I don't like war. Yeah, I need to clarify, too. I mean, I, I like the fact that, that it was set during the Civil War time period. I'm not a big fan of, of war stories either because, I mean, it just seems like man's depravity and stuff really gets gets uh, magnified during that time or really really comes out and I, and I, I don't like that those scenes for those guys were were burning and, and burning people out of their houses and stuff and, and just being animals and stuff are just horrible I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff either I uh, kind of do like these kind of stories I've read, read a lot of Civil War books and the first half of this book I thought it wasn't catching the flavor of the Civil War at all but it picked up uh, toward toward the last of it and I guess that we don't like uh, we don't like reading but golly that is history yeah I like the book I, I, I also do like to read about uh, that time period the Civil War era um, and I mean I don't like war either I, I don't like them either however it is a part of it and I thought she did a good job with the book, um, portraying that time period. It sounded to me like the reader was saying Eulalie, but it could have just been how I was hearing it, too. But that's interesting. Well, it did. It sounded like she was saying Eulalie, and she didn't always say Miriam as Miriam. Um, it was strange. This is where, and I've said it before, I will say it again, I wish that the Bard books had text-to-speech so that we could see how something is spelled. But the name U-L-A-L-I-E, I've heard always pronounced Ulele, but her pronunciation of several things I found to be incorrect and irritating yeah, I, occasionally when I when I get a book and I want to, it's always the, the the characters' names I want to know how to spell. Uh, uh, I'll just go download it from Bookshare and, and and pop it into Voice Dream Reader and then 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 look up and then look up the spelling and that, that's what I did with Eulalie's uh, name. So uh, uh, I, I know E U L A is pronounced Eula, and I know L I E at the end of a name is pronounced Lee. But uh, that, that's as, that's as far as I go at being familiar with that name. I know it's a darn hard name to pronounce, so maybe that's why. The I mean, sometimes when I heard her pronounce it, it sounded like maybe she was saying you, Lily, but just saying it fast. But most times I kept hearing you, Lily, and I thought you, Lily, sounded kind of funny, and that, that's what caught my attention to begin with. 
I probably was listening to the same recording as you, but I caught it as Eulalie. I thought it was kind of having a hard time until you spelled it, and then I, I realized it was Eulalie. Yeah, I didn't ever, to me, it sounds like you're saying you, Lily, with an I in there, and I never heard that. I kept hearing it as you, Lily. So it's just, it's interesting how we all perceive that. Pam Ward is, she was always, she, she was a good reader, I thought. I thought some of the character development, or some of the characters in this book were interesting. I liked uh, uh, Aunt Emma, as they called her, who was, uh, you know, had taken, was married to uh, Miriam's father, and how the raising, you know, of the children, they each had their own slave, which was brought in at the time, that that was brought in at the time that they came into this country, and uh, and the, the children pretty much lived you know, in luxurious surroundings, but everybody was, that woman was kind of just all over the place as far as things. And I thought it was interesting, too, how they wanted to get Miriam married as soon as possible when she sort of started hitting 16. And she'd met her future husband at the opera, and uh, he was such a wonderful man, everybody thought. And then... uh, she was like 16 years old when she got married and was no more prepared for that than anybody would would be. And and uh, the various characters, uh, David, her brother, would came in and out of the thing, and he went to prison when it was in the war. But he, he was kind of the, uh, well, he wasn't really bad, but he wasn't uh, really good. I mean, he uh, delivered Marion's... Uh, twin children and uh, did various things, you know, was kind of a family doctor and various things, but uh, he was kind of a stick in the mud or something as far as things were concerned. Uh, I like the kids, but the the two children, the twins, but they kind of played a, a back role in, in this play. I mean, they weren't really featured in this book. But I, I thought that uh, some of the characters were really interesting. Yeah, and it was... I liked how Miriam eventually took over when Eugene was hit in the face and blinded and he she wouldn't let her do anything outside the home, and then finally she just went behind his back and went to his office and read, found the letter and was able to take over, and that's when she really came into her own, and that was one of my favorite parts, was seeing her finally be able to do something and to contribute the way she'd always wanted to. Um, she wouldn't let Eugene go near her after the twins were born, and yet she was really angry because he went to Queen. And no, I'm not saying that he should have gone to Queen, but they never talked about Miriam's fears and he just um, he treated her so badly and here he goes to this other woman and um, I mean mean, Miriam was really upset by this which any woman of course would be however she didn't do anything to get him back. So, um, and she was so scared of so many things. Of course, you could understand that, but um, sometimes I, I liked her and sometimes I was ready to shake her. But nobody is perfect, of course. 
You know, I had a different take on that situation with between Miriam and Queen. Um, I didn't think that she was mad in a jealous kind of other woman sort of way. I think she was mad because she realized that everybody else knew about this and she was the last one to find out and that she felt that she had been deceived all along, even prior to the marriage. He was involved with Queen. I mean, they had a son older than her marriage. So I think that that was what... My impression was that that was what truly she was rageful about is that um, everybody knew about it but her and it just seemed to be like part of that stuff. And I, I, I don't think she wanted him back. I think there was a part of her that was relieved that at least he was going to somebody else for that because she didn't want him in that way. It was the embarrassment and the, and the betrayal that she felt. At, at least that's my opinion. One thing, too, that I, I'm sorry, but I think that uh, Eugene, if anybody deserved bad things to happen to him, I think he did. I think he deserved a co-plied. I agree, and I think that, I agree with Liz. I think you're right that everybody else knew about Eugene going to Queen before he was even married to Miriam. And had it been a different time and different circumstances, Miriam probably would never have married him because she really didn't know him. She didn't get the chance to know him. So, and she even before, remember, she was, she really wasn't sure how she felt about him, I don't think. And so, yeah, I I agree with Liz, and he, he was just a jerk. Miriam and Eugene were misfits right from the beginning. She was too young, actually, to maybe making that kind of uh, considerations. We would think of that as a child now, and that certainly would be child abuse, wouldn't it, be married to that side? But uh, when uh, Miriam took up with Andre, I thought, oh, no, girl, you're making the same mistake again. You're going to go right down to have another one that's not going to work out. You know, I think that that's right, Um <clears throat> I, I think that the marriages, at least in Miriam's circle, were done for status and business connections. I don't think that Miriam made that decision, really. I think that that was something that she did for her father. Um, you know, and um, I think that Eugene, you know, certainly married her for business and, and connections and wanted her to foster future business connections for him and stuff. So I, I think it was all about it was more business transactions than it was about caring about the individuals involved and wondering if they were well suited to each other. That's what I, that's the impression that I got. Oh, I agree with that. Um, but I think that I think Miriam also kind of had this I think she was jealous of Queen because Queen had had him before and she felt that Queen was gorgeous, and she, um, but arranged marriages, I mean, in, in the Jewish tradition in those years, and even up to now, there are arranged marriages, and I agree, this was definitely done for status, for money, for getting more land, um, he got a dowry from her parents, and they were thrilled that um, they could welcome him into the family, but they didn't really know him, and he was a lot... How much older was he than, than she was? I mean, she was a, a child, really. And um, I think in a lot of cultures, there's still a lot of arranged marriages, and... Sometimes they work and sometimes they do not. But um, I, I think that she, I think she did have a little bit of jealousy there. You know, it's interesting. I didn't react to Miriam's age of, being, you know, sixteen that she was a child because I think that we have different definitions of childhood today than there was even 150 years ago at the time. You know, mid 19th century. I mean, as soon as a woman was in her um, basically as soon as she was you know pubescent 
um, she was marriageable, and I think kids grew up faster then. I don't think that they they maintained the childhood youth and innocence that we have today. That the kids are kids for a long lot longer than they used to be. Um, so I wasn't I, I, sixteen. Really, wasn't that wasn't that young to be married in that time and frame. I mean, my own mother. Um, was like 16 when she got... Well, she was 16. She said she was 17, but she lied on her birth certificate to get married. Um, so it, it just was a different time when when we didn't have the prolonged, you know, I'm a Toys R Us kid kind of mentality about children. Um, I think it was just really about... the. A lot of it was it was a it was a man society and men kind of called the shots and made the decisions and a woman's job was to look pretty and have babies, and you know Eugene kind of made that real clear that that's really all he wanted with um, with Miriam. He did, he didn't love her. He didn't he never intended to love her. He just wanted a respectable wife to give him children that he could actually claim in public. And the one that he really wanted was his son he didn't he didn't care as much about his daughter as he did his son I found quite a bit of this book to be kind of predictable but there was one really shocking thing to me I wonder what you thought about it Uh, when Eugene was blinded at the Mardi Gras that was quite a shock to me I did not expect that I had forgotten about that, and no, I didn't expect it either. And it was very well portrayed at the time. And I thought that he was going to just, when he was blinded, I thought he was just going to give up and possibly take his own life, but he didn't. Not, nothing happened really until he fell off the balcony. Well, he was he was still determined to be with Queen no matter what, and um, and he learned how to get to her place or got people to take him there, and he went on with his life with her, and girls were not important. Only sons were. He couldn't care less about his daughter. But um, I thought, well, it was kind of cool that Eugene got his comeuppance because I was glad that uh, her father, I forget his name, that her father um, was not put through becoming blinded with that awful stuff that was thrown in his face. Ferdinand was the father. Um, you know, even with uh, the, the scene that one of the scenes that I found pretty touching, actually, and probably pretty realistic, was that that as Eugene was dying and the touching words between he and Mariam, um, despite everything that they'd been through, you know, they still had two children together. They still did build a life together, even if it wasn't the life that maybe they wanted to have. Um, and especially Miriam, that she could say, I'm sorry that I could never have that with you. I'm sorry that, that we didn't have that and we couldn't build that together. Um, um, I, I just found that kind of touching because I think that that was very real. I mean, you know, they both kind of knew that they really shouldn't probably have gotten married and they probably both knew that they hurt each other a lot, maybe intentionally or not intentionally, and, and to have both kind of acknowledge that just before he died, I, I just thought, I thought that was kind of neat and, and showed the humanity of the situation. Yeah, I like that scene too. I thought that was very well done, and it, uh, with with all the you know the bad feelings between them, it was nice to to uh, I mean at the end of his life that they were uh, uh, you know Miriam obviously recognized uh, you know she saw the humanity for what it was and, and you know and. They they had a kind of connection there at the end. I thought that was that was very well done. I agree. I thought that was extremely uh, well thought out, and and that was good. It was one of my favorite scenes in the book too. And yeah, I agree. That would have been 
pretty realistic. You know, Gabriel is one of the nice guys in the whole book. And as you're reading there, you kind of felt, at least I did, I felt that we knew that Miriam and Gabriel will end up together. And then at the last pages of the book, he walks out on her because of his uh, wound. But the author does leave whether they actually ever get back together up to the reader because uh, Miriam says, he left, but I'm going to work. I'm going to get him back. So what do you guys think? Did she ever get him back? I think she did. Gabriel was one of my favorite characters in the book. And I want to think that, yes, she did get him back. And I guess I'm a romantic at heart. But, yeah, I think... She did get him back. She convinced him, and they built a life together. And it was a much happier one than she had in her first marriage. That's exactly how I would have written the ending to Randy. Um, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Did anybody see a tiny little bit, once Mariam kind of took over the business and really came into her own, did anybody else see a much nicer and more refined but a little bit of Scarlett O'Hara in there. <laughs> when she was at, this, at the end of the book and she was saying, I can do things, I can do things, and I can make him change his mind. I just had a sense of Scarlett O'Hara there, you know. It's like, I'll rebuild Tara, I'll make sure, you know. But much nicer. Scarlett O'Hara was not a very nice person, so. But I liked Miriam. Um, I did too. And, and yes, I, I saw that in her. She found out, who finally found out, that she was okay and that she could do things and she could make things happen. And that's what all of us women have to find out about ourselves and that we can do it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, but I, um, I also was thinking Eugene had circumstances been different. I think he would have liked to have been with Queen you know, I think he loved Queen, and, and he couldn't, unfortunately, he could not be with her in the public. So, and I think that kind of frustrated him. Oh, yeah, I agree. If he had his brothers, he would have been with her all the time. But everything had to be secret. Their son had to be a secret. And even though everybody knew about it, they weren't supposed to know about it. But I agree with that. Because I think they really both loved each other so much. And uh, they did what they could to be together. I think if it had been, if Miriam had been born later, she would have been one of the movers and shakers. And she would have been involved more with women's rights and women's suffrage and all that. <clears throat> and yeah, he did want to be with Queen, not her, not Miriam. And I liked, um, I liked Ferdinand too. He was he, yeah, he made some mistakes along the way, and he squandered all his money, but, you know, in the end, he was there for Miriam through everything, and they, Eugene did the right thing by offering him and Emma a place to live, and so, but I like, <clears throat> I, I liked one of the characters that we haven't talked about much and didn't have much of a part in the book uh, was Rosa, Miriam's stepmother. And I kind of thought she was a pretty nice person. Did I misunderstand that? Or was she a pretty nice person? And, I, you know, I thought she uh, was on Miriam's side a lot. And she stuck with her. She would talk with her husband. And she stuck with her, her stepdaughter all throughout the book, didn't she? Uh I, I, I'm not. I'm not following that. I thought. I thought the stepmother's name was Emma, not Rosa. Wasn't Rosa a family friend? 
And Emma was the one I thought needed an off switch. She was the one that prattled on and on and on. Yeah, I think the stepmother was Emma, and uh, she was all about appearances and, you know, the right kind of people and stuff. Um, and, I, yeah, Rosa was, I, I did like the character of Rosa as well, but, yeah, she wasn't the stepmother. Yeah, she was the family friend that, she was Gabriel's sister. And Miriam spent a lot of time with her and Henry when she first came to America and when she, as she was growing up. And yeah, I liked her too. I felt bad for her in the end. Everything she went through, losing her husband and then her son. I think one son. Well, she lost her husband and then she lost Herbert and that was her younger son. And didn't she have an older son? I forget if she lost him or not. Okay, I think that that was the son that that went to went to California, San Francisco, and married and stayed out there. So, I mean, in a sense, she did lose him, but I don't, I don't think he died. I think he either deserted or just somehow he ended up in California. Yeah, um, and her son Henry, I think, didn't he? fighting the war and he because he came home one of them came home and there was one that was out in california too yeah i think the son that came home henry they they hinted he might be interested in miriam's daughter right that's right yeah um i just found out about now i knew about this book and all of a sudden i think on wednesday no, it must have been Tuesday. I said, Crimson City, that's supposed to be read by Friday night. <gasps> Never going to get it read. And you know what? I was reading and reading and reading and reading, and I finished it yesterday because I got to a point where I couldn't put it down. So that's why I'm here, gang. I finished it at about 8.30 tonight. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a long book, but it was it was very readable. Now, y'all were talking about Queen a minute ago and and uh, Eugene's relationship with her. My understanding is right that you know not only was she was uh, a, a lady of the evening, I guess she was also black, right? So it would have been real hard for him to have a relationship with her in, in, in public and it it it, uh, it be accepted. Yes, that's affirmative to both of those things. She was both black and a lady of the evening and liked to entertain. Um, it was also kind of um, interesting how Queen kind of abandoned um, Eugene at the end, basically, and went off to entertain the um, victors, if you will. <laughs> um, I-, I thought that that was kind of interesting. I think... Uh Queen was mulatto, kind of very light, light skin. But I was wondering, uh, did I miss it? What, what, what happened to Queen's uh, son? That Marion was supposed to take care of him, but I never heard how she ever did that. One of the scenes I liked in the book was when Queen came to Miriam and brought her things to help them get back on their feet after the looters and the fires and everything. And her son was, he was in art school, I think. I remember she said something about that he was doing well with his art and um, she probably abandoned Eugene because well, she figured he wasn't going to be any use to her anymore, and she was she'd have better luck elsewhere. So, yeah, I think her son became a sculptor and went to Switzerland and went to some foreign country, and um, probably a place where black people were equal to everybody else 
hopefully. And um, and was able to make his way there and, and was, I think, Queen told Miriam or whatever that he was doing very well. And, um, well, Eugene couldn't supply her with jewels and money and all the things that she needed to live on, so that's probably when t when she felt that she needed to go to to men that would give her the things that she wanted. Yeah, I, I don't remember which country it was either, but he was successful. I thought he was, maybe it was sculpture, but it's some kind of artist in one of the European countries and was successful, I thought they had said. So, they didn't really bring out the slave roles much in this book. I mean, you know, there were a handful of them they talked about, but they didn't really delve much into them, which was fine because I've, I've read a lot of books lately that slavery was the, the main key. Who was that main, like the major domo butler guy that was the one they kept mentioning that had been with, I guess, Emma's family forever? What was his name? I mean, I, I kind of liked him, but, I mean, still, he, they didn't really get into him that much I think that was Sisyphus um, I yeah the thing that, that kind of troubled me is is uh, with regard to the slaves I mean yes they were treated very well but it kind of painted the picture of the happy Negro you know that was glad to be a save glad to be a save a slave you know and, and I don't I think I would have liked I think that it would have lent a little bit more authenticity if they had given a little bit more in depth about some hint that the slaves knew that they had to kind of be the way they were. They were grateful for what they had, but I it just it didn't seem that realistic. There was no hint of slave dis discontent or um, anything there, even though you know they were treated very well and they weren't mistreated. Yeah, she broad brushed over all that exactly, and uh, well, I mean that, that, that's always been the the the, the South's big delusion. They always, you know, people down here always thought that we were doing slaves a great favor and stuff, which was a bunch of BS, obviously. But uh, 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 such so, 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 such is life. Although I do think there were people who did treat their slaves better. Um, not not enough of them, and you didn't hear about it as much. Well, um, you know, it it really killed me that that Jews could have slaves because Jews were we were slaves in Egypt, and all the stuff that the Jews had to go through in Egypt and the beatings and the the whole slavery thing and and yet. These people, who were Jews, felt that it was perfectly all right to own other people. And, and that's always killed me, how people could think that they could own other people. Oh my God. Yeah, um, and not to mention the black people who owned black slaves too <laughs> you know it's like wow how can you do that you know what it feels like you've been there or your ancestors were there you know you know what that is like and, and to turn around and to do it to somebody else wow <laughs> how do you do that that was exactly David's point wasn't it as he's growing up he couldn't see that slavery because look the Jews had been slaves how can they be for slavery and so that was his, his uh, thing the whole book it's always amazing how, how short man's memory is when he's trying to justify his own bad behavior. But it's, you know, that's uh, the way it is and the way it's always going to be, I, I think. Uh, human, human nature, uh, uh, people just, uh, uh, they, they forget, they lose sight, and, uh, you know, oh, well, if it's not affecting me, you know, it's uh, whatever. I don't know if anybody saw what Shell wrote in the text box um, but she said she liked the comparison she was 
she said, I like the comparison of the tree. I'm sorry, I'm trying to read this and with my braille display and I'm having a hard time because it's not letting me hold the control key down. And But anyway... Yeah, I'll just summarize it. She says she likes the, the comparison of the treatment of the the, the Jews in, in Europe with the with the with the Negro slaves in, in America and that uh, 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 let's see what she said David uh, you know da- David was aware of that and I like I mean I like David I mean he was he, he was he, he was an early activist and stuff so uh, uh, and, and he was an abolitionist and stuff and you know uh, I think somebody had said he was he was kind of hard to take and stuff but I mean yeah, I, I kind of respected him for his opinions and stuff, and he kind of stood up for, for uh, you know, what he saw as as inappropriate behavior and stuff, and tried to you know try to follow what he what he believed was right. Yeah, and she said the father couldn't see the problem. I like David. David was one of my favorite characters, and because he wasn't afraid to speak his mind, and yeah, he got himself in trouble for it, but. You know what? I could relate to David in a lot of ways. <laughs> so it was, you know, I, I, he was one of my favorite characters. I agree. I, I, throughout, throughout the entire book, David was the one with integrity. I mean, he, he was honest, even to the point of, well, of course, you know, sure, I'd like to be with a woman, but the life that I want to live doesn't lend itself to family life and it would be you know he, he just knew that it would be cruel to bring people into that the kind of life he really felt called to live and people who do that who you know who make the real strong activism the the focus of their life they fully anticipate that one day it will it will land them in trouble and so yeah throughout the whole book he just he was he was loyal to his family he was honest about who he was and what he wanted in life and he definitely walked the walk um you know and didn't just talk the talk so he was he was a very cool guy yeah exactly i mean in, in, in typical fashion the they that usually those kind of folks are thinking about themselves last i mean to the extent of that scene when the dog fell in, fell in, you know, over the boat and stuff well, I mean, you know, he knew that how important the dog was to sister. He jumped in to try to save it. I don't even think he he was much of a swimmer himself. Of course, Gabriel had to jump in and save both of them, the dog and David. So, uh, uh, I mean, that, that's uh, uh, I, I really liked him, too. And I liked him, too. And at the end, he decided to come home to help his family and to help take care of them. And um, I always like to see that when people do that. I hate when people abandon their older people or whoever needs them. I, I just really hate that. What we know about David was that uh, he lived at home. His family was Jewish, and everybody in that town where he grew up was Jewish. And, uh, you know, we get sad that a lot of us are Christians because we grew up in a Christian land. We were Jews because we uh, grew up in a uh, Jewish family. We were Muslims because we grew up in a Jewish family. And so his life was set. when he was a kid, from 1 to 15, he lived with and among, and his family was Jewish. And when he came to the United States, even though his father said, oh, you don't have to be this or that here in America, but he did, he had to still be Jewish. Yeah, to me that was interesting because a lot of, he came to the United States as a teenager, and a lot of times teenagers don't, keep up with that religious faith and he did so I thought that was that was neat to see I think David was truly an old soul I mean even as a child he was just an old soul just wise and genuine and sincere and that followed him um Randy is there any more that we wanted to say about this? I mean, I'm not the I'm not the facilitator of this group, but I was just wondering if we could think about what the next book is going to be. Yeah, I was actually going to see if anybody. You took it right out of my mouth, Joni. I just was 
going to say, does anybody else have anything they want to add? Because we can, if not, we can talk about the book for next month. I know everybody's interested in this, but Alexa tells me that the Astros are beating the Yankees three to nothing. So give Bob my uh, uh, condolences. I am so happy to hear that, Alan, because <laughs> I don't want the Yankees in the World Series. I don't either. I don't like the Yankees. I want to see them lose, lose, lose. Anyway, um, I thought we would do a book that's a little shorter for next month. Some of you may have already read it, but I have not. I know Linda has. And it's Any Day Now by Robin Carr. And I love Robin Carr's books. So this is, I'm looking forward to reading it. So. Linda, do you want to give a little synopsis of what the book's about? Um, I don't think I can at the moment. I'm going through a coughing spell. Okay. Hang on. I need to pull up the DB number. I have it. I just need to switch screens again. DB87789. Yeah, that's it. DB87789 by Robin Carr, C-A-R-R-R-O-B-Y-N. Reading time, 9 hours, 33 minutes. Read by Therese Plummer. Romance. Oh, wow. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate that. I know it's about a woman who goes back home to be with her brother and she's running away from someone, um, at least according to the annotations. So anyway, it's a little shorter than the one we just read. Robin Carr's books are pretty good. They're really good. She's she's written the Virgin River series. I haven't read all of those, but I've read quite a few of them. I'm very glad that I came in tonight. I haven't been here for a long time. I am not a romance reader. Um, I've never read any Robin Carr. I might just see. Um, I might just try it. We'll see. Except there are too many books and too little time. I keep saying that. So what do I do? I download more books. The one thing I like about coming into this and other book clubs is that I, I find myself reading books that I probably wouldn't have read otherwise. And I've been introduced to so many different authors um, that, you know, we kind of get stuck in our rut with our favorite authors and and. I, this kind of pulls me out of my rut a little bit, um, out of my personal comfort zone sometimes. And so I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah, that's that's why I go to all these groups, too, because it makes me read stuff I wouldn't normally read. And uh, uh, even though I don't like all books the same, I usually learn something from all of them. So, you know, even if it's just a little bit, so it's 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 good. So, uh, and, and the folks always have good comments to make in all these book groups, so that's always good, too. I agree. I love doing these. And, yeah, I've read books. Even if I don't make it to the book groups, I try to read a lot of the books just to see what they're all about. And I've read books that I wouldn't otherwise have read. And it's it opens up your mind a little more and broadens your horizons, so to speak. Because it gets boring reading the same same thing all the time. So, and it's good to read different points of view, too. I was wondering if, for those who do host for um, the next, you know, the different book clubs, could you just give us a quick rundown of what's coming up in the near future with the other groups? Yeah, uh, the Mystery Book Group is this Sunday, uh, day after tomorrow, at 5 p.m. Eastern. 
And the book being discussed is Vicious Circle. I don't have the DV number by C.J. Box. You know, C.J. Box writes a lot of these. Joe Pickett, he's a Wyoming game warden books. And it's pretty good. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, this is a typical venge, revenge thing where somebody that Joe Pickett has put away is out of jail and coming back to get him and stuff. So, I mean, it, uh, his story is usually pretty pretty well written and pretty good. Uh, let's see. And then the history book group, A Journey Through History, meets the uh, first Tuesday of the month. So it'll be the first Tuesday of November. And it's it's discussing, I think it's called Jackson Land uh, by Steve Inskeep, uh, the NPR uh, commentator on Morning Edition. And he, he wrote it and he narrates it. So uh, I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I can't remember what the book is we're doing for Fiction Old and New. It meets the first Friday of the month. Uh, I've got it in my wish list. I can't remember what it was. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Worlds of Books, which is the one I lead, meets the third Tuesday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you'd think I'd know what we're talking about in my own book. Uh, we just finished Dave Barry's book, uh, Best State Ever. And golly, I'm having a senior moment. Sorry, I'll have to tell you later. I'm sorry, Alan. I should remember all these books, too, because they go into all these clubs. Um, but my favorite club is the one that I lead, which is the second Sunday of every month at 5 Eastern, called A Banquet of Books. And there's no specific book. You read what you want, and then you tell the group what you've read, whether you've liked it, whether you recommend it, whether you hate it. And uh, we have a nice group that comes in there, readers and people that like to share uh, books that they've read, old books, new books, anything. We don't have any restrictions. So that's my banquet. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, Alan, is the book that we're doing, is that the... um Across two Novembers, is that for Fiction Old and New? Yeah, well, that's for Fiction Old and New. It got put back to to December because of uh, uh, David Fouché, who wrote it, is having computer problems. So they they picked another book to do for November in the interim. And uh, maybe I've got your address, Liz. I'll try to – I I can look it up and and tell you what it is, but it's going to take me a minute to find it and I, I just remember what we're doing for worlds of books which is the third tuesday of the month at 9 p.m Eastern. we're doing pandora's clock by john j nance it got a a, a good review on db review and we, we try to alternate between nonfiction and and fiction and we did a nonfiction last month so we're doing that for uh for uh november how do I get um, added onto the book list? Marcia said that there's a place on the the main page to do that, and I just maybe I'm just missing it. But how do I do so that I can get notices from different books about what's coming up? Because I'm not getting any notices at all. Well, I mean, I send them out to a bunch of different groups. You you have to tell me what email list you think you might want to subscribe to. Uh, so that you, so that you're informed without being overwhelmed, I guess is the is is the the balancing act. I know people get sick of seeing my name, but I, I figure, you know, we've got people that are subscribed to different lists and stuff. So I try to I try to blanket the ones that uh, that Accessible World. There's an Accessible World announcement list, an AW announcements. There's a uh, there's an ACB. L list that's uh, well it's an ACB list primarily I, I, I send to that I send to the Bard Talk list which is the one I moderate I send to uh, the Mystery Book Group list and I send to the uh, there's a Pages Plus list that's got very very low traffic but I send to that and then there's also uh, mm, I 
think that that may be my. There, if there's a science fiction list, I don't know it. I'm not a member of that. But I think those are the main one, the main ones I send to. And, and there's DB Review, and uh, uh, you might want to get on DB Review because uh, there's a lot of good reviews that are posted to that. It's DB hyphen review at groups dot io, and you can you can get a uh, you can request subscription membership by just sending a, a blank email to db hyphen review the plus sign the word subscribe at groups.io that's g-r-o-u-p-s dot i-o and then uh, it, it'll sign you up so i hope that answers your question liz that's a very good list to be on um the people that are on that lists and in such interesting reviews and uh it's really it's it's really a good list yeah I, i'm with joni if, if you're going to pick one list to get on that that uh that, that i'm at least sending notifications to these things i mean uh, uh it's narrated by nolan crab and don horn they can be a bit nazi-ish at times but i mean you know it's their list that you know, they, they make the rules and stuff but uh uh, they, they let me post the announcements of these various Accessible World uh, book group announcements. So I, I do post to, to, to that one uh, as to when these books are, you know, when these meetings are. Usually, uh, you know, the different people that moderate these lists send me a newswire, and then I usually, it usually gets posted three to four weeks or at least probably three weeks before the initial meeting. Then I also usually try to send out a reminder Two or three days before. Sometimes I miss those, but uh, 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 yeah, I figured you know we're only going to get participation and attendance if people know about this stuff. Okay, to, so to confirm, it's DB hyphen reviews plus subscribe at groups.io. No S in reviews, but yeah, you got it. Yeah, right. Review review is singular without the S at the end of it. But you know, DB hyphen review. Plus uh, a plus sign, subscribe, you know, no spaces in any of that, and then at G-R-O-U-P-S dot I-O. And Alan is very modest. He is fantastic at putting in when your group meets and the reminders, and he's fantastic. So, as always, I thank Alan so much. Thanks, Johnny. Where am I supposed to send the $20 for that? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I try. I try to be consistent. I mean, I, I was an accountant in a, my former life and stuff, so consistency is one of the, uh, uh, the the creeds of accountants and stuff. So whenever I post stuff, I always try to make the subject. Li- I mean, I get so much email. I, I I depend on the subject lines to to cull stuff out. So I always include every bit of information that's that's important for the book group in the subject line so it's always always make it consistent i put the word newswire followed by a colon then followed by the, the name of the book group and then uh it's got the date the time and usually the the book name the book number uh yeah yeah and and uh the time of the meeting so uh hopefully uh people find the stuff useful and then you know if they don't want to read the email they can get the information out of the subject line and just delete it yeah, you do a great job editing mine. I send them to you and just a lot of times, especially when I'm doing the reminders, I kind of throw everything in there and hope that it gets out there because sometimes it's it's either late the night before or a few hours or, or late early morning, Friday morning here. So it just depends, but it works. Yeah, you do a great job with your reminders, your news wires, and, so, and everybody does. I mean, uh, I don't have to do much. I, you know, I have like a, 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 a group list that I just, you know, I pull up the group list in Outlook, and then I just pretty much just send what people send me, and uh, I just try to make sure the subject line's consistent and stuff. So uh, I, I hope it's working. So if, if not, if anybody's ever got any suggestions, I, you know, I – I'm all about listening and uh, uh, making adjustments as needed. Okay. Has anyone noticed that Shell has asked if there was anybody that they could email for technical support? They've been emailing and tweeting the website, and no one ever gets back. D- 
Does she say what she needs help with? Let me see. No, it's just like, is there anybody she um, can uh, email for technical support? I don't know exactly the specific problems she's having. Well, Shell, I mean, you're welcome to email me if you want to. My, uh, I'll put my email address up in the text chat. It's, uh, I assume you're able to hear us. It's W-A-L-E-M-L-Y. Uh, that's wa.limley at gmail.com, g-m-a-i-l dot com, and uh, uh, I'll I'll help you however I can. But uh, depending on you know depending on what your problem is, uh, you know I, you know I'm I'm one of the the Tech Talk on Accessible World co-moderators, and uh, I, you know I've, uh, and then I send out a lot of announcements about these book groups and stuff. So I'll help you however I can. I guess the other option is support at talkingcommunities.com. I don't know. I've I've emailed them and gotten replies back. If it's a problem with the client itself, the the software that we're using here, support at talkingcommunities.com is the tech for that. And, Alan, it's funny talking about your email I like the way JAWS and VoiceOver read your email address. It's funny. Wallimly <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, you'd think I'd had a connect. I wish I had a, a you know, family connection to the Waltons, I'm telling you, because uh, uh, yeah, I've always noticed that about my uh, – you know, I used to work in accounting and stuff, and we everybody did everything by their initials, and I was Wall, you know, W-A-L, because, uh, you know, my first name's William. I go by my middle name, Alan, but uh, – uh, 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 so yeah, th- th- that is funny. Well, thanks everybody.